Welcome to the Slay and Thrive podcast, where we make crushing your goals feel like self-care. This is the show that helps high-energy women trapped in self-destructive patterns cultivate an unapologetic, loving body transformation through spiritual and personal development. On this podcast, you'll learn about dynamic eating psychology principles, mindset, shadow integration, and manifestation. I'm your host, Kayla Van Egdom, a health and energy guide, unicorn lover, and Amazon best-selling author. I am so delighted to be on this journey with you. Let's get started. Okay, we are back with a very tactical, very practical episode all about how to meal plan and prep for the week ahead like a beast. So this is beast mode meal planning. And I don't do a lot of the step-by-step practical episodes because I like to look at the bigger picture and go into mindset and all that jazz. However, there are certain tactics and strategies that are absolute game changers. And I believe that this is one of those skills that is essential for getting where you want to go with your health and fitness goals and honestly other goals, which I'll cover shortly. And it's a way for you to create a lot more ease and confidence while doing it. So first, I'm going to cover why focusing on meal planning will change the entire trajectory of your week. I'm also breaking down my own personal nine-step process for weekly meal planning and weekly meal prepping. I'm taking you totally behind the scenes, giving you examples, and just breaking down how I've been tactically doing it in a way that has really benefited me on multiple levels. And then finally, I'm going to talk about special considerations and walk you through how you can modify this process for your own unique goals and life situations. Let's dive right in. So why meal planning and meal prepping? Why even bother making this one of your top priorities, one of your lead dominoes? There's a few reasons for this. One, if you have planned out at least part of your weekly meals and you've done some prep work in advance, you're going to go into the week with confidence. You know you have these meals ready to go and you've created that ease because if they're already in your fridge made, chances are you're going to eat them. The other thing this is going to do is eliminate decision fatigue that can happen throughout the week. If you don't have any sort of a plan or guideline, you might be making these decisions about what to eat every single day. And maybe you find that then you get to the end of the week and you've depleted your ability to make decisions about what you're going to eat that align with the goals you have and align with how you want to feel. What this is also going to do is provide a buffer against the unexpected happenings of life and against the fatigue and exhaustion that can come from busy weeks when you have a lot going on and maybe there's some unexpected events or some things you have to take care of. 
now you have a buffer against this because you have some meals planned, you have some food in your fridge or in your freezer. It's just ready to be used in case of emergency and even if there's no emergency. So these are a few of the big reasons why you want to focus on this. Another huge thing to remember is that nutrition is going to be one of the biggest needle movers we have when we have a health and fitness goal. And the other really great thing is nutrition actually complements any other goal we have. Because when we are nourishing our bodies in a way that works for us, it's going to give us energy so we can go tackle other goals. It's going to put us in a better mood because how we eat does affect our emotional state. And when we're in higher states, we're more likely to consistently go after other goals. And again, we're just going to have that energy and that forward momentum to get things done when we're eating in a way that serves us. Finally, the last little one here that is a big bonus is that when you do this meal planning and prep in advance, you're going to find ways to save money. Whether it is because you are cooking a big meal in bulk and you know extracting the maximum value from the ingredients you choose because you're getting so many meals out of it. The other great thing it does here, which is great for both your wallet and for your health, is that it's going to stop a lot of those knee-jerk opening up the skip the dishes app and putting in an order for takeout because you didn't plan or prep something. Now you already have something ready to go and you're less likely to make those skip the dishes choices super regularly in a way that might be draining your finances. So that is the why. Now I'm going to take you through what I use as a step-by-step process. And this is not meant to be restrictive and rigid. Like you don't have to follow this verbatim. This is what I've done that works for me. And I've tried to generalize it enough that I could see it working for most people who use it. Of course, there are going to be special considerations we'll talk about after. The first step is to decide how you want to eat on a regular basis. And this is not subscribing to a diet or a culty way of doing eating because that can get pretty wild. Make a protocol or create some criteria that works for you. And this can be based on things you've learned. Maybe you draw from certain schools of thought like paleo or keto or whatever it might be, and you make it your own. What this looks like for me is that I am very conscientious about building my breakfast and my lunch around protein, healthy fat, vegetables, with maybe some fruits, especially if I'm doing a post-workout breakfast smoothie. And then I will include starches most of the time in my dinner meal. So that's just a protocol I follow 80% of the time these days, maybe even 90. It's not 100% because I'm not looking for that perfectionism or all or nothing. I just want an idea of how I want to be eating. And that's what I encourage you to do. How do you want to build your meals? What way of 
prioritizing certain nutrients or macronutrients do you want to include based on your own observation of what makes you feel your best and what helps you make the most progress, whether that's with a fitness goal, weight loss goal, whatever it might be. And that's step one. Step two is you want to collect resources. Because sometimes I think, I'm guilty of this, we can get in a rut and just try to eat the same things over and over again without enough variety. So maybe you look for a recipe book at a used bookstore near you. Maybe you just go on Google and Google a bunch of meal ideas. Maybe you have a favorite website you already go to. Few of my favorite are Budget Bites, and that's Bites, B-Y-T-E-S dot com, because they have healthy meals that can also be made on a budget. So again, it's great for your wallet and it's great for your health. Another one I really like is Joyful Belly, which was introduced to me by a previous health coach. And these were actually Ayurvedic recipes. So if you actually know your Ayurvedic type, you can actually go in there and find meals that are actually tailored to you as a person. For example, I have an excessive amount of pitta, which is fire. So I can actually find pitta or fire balancing recipes to kind of give me more of a cooling and more of a calming down. And they've just got really great plant-based recipes that I like to turn to. So what you want to do here is Find a balance of inspiration and ideas without taking on too much and getting overwhelmed. If you spend too much time in this phase and collect too many resources, you're probably going to burn out. So what I would encourage you to do here is collect maybe 10, 20 dinner ideas. And then remember, you're not using these all in one week. Then you're going to use them throughout the next however long. But you're not going to be like, oh my gosh, I need to build all 20 of these meals today. It's just having those in your back pocket. You might also already have favorite recipes. So you want to make sure you have those on hand and easy to get to. Step three is write out some form of a meal plan for the week. Now, this can be that you write out every single meal for the entire week. It can be that you write out dinners only. Or it can be that you only write out part of the week. It's really going to depend on what works best for you. Personally, the way that I do this is I write out exactly what I'm going to eat between Sunday to Thursday. And then I leave a few of my meals, usually dinner, sometimes lunch, open-ended. And that means that when I get to those days, I still have those resources handy and I can turn to them and decide, you know what, I'm feeling like doing this recipe for lunch or this recipe for dinner. And on those days, I have a little bit more time to make a second stop to the grocery store if need be. That is number three, write out your meal plan for the week. Number four is after you've written out your meal plan, you're going to go through the recipes on your meal plan and compile your grocery list. So just make sure you have everything you need on a list when you go grocery shopping. And then of course, do the grocery shopping as needed. The next step is set aside one to two hours on the weekend for meal cooking. 
And if you have shift work or you have a different schedule, it might not be the weekend. It's just going to be a day that you have asked you to set aside one to two hours. And this might feel challenging at first if you have busy weekends. It might be something you have to work your way up to. But over time, what you want to do is make this one to two hours a non-negotiable appointment you have with yourself every single week. And I would personally recommend, if at all possible, setting aside two hours, two hour window where you're going to do your thing. It might take two hours, depending on what you're prepping, but you haven't given yourself too little time. You've really made space to get everything done. I have never seen my meal prep last longer than two and a half hours, and that was when I was doing a bunch of fancy stuff. Usually it's like 90 minutes, two hours. After that, grocery shop. So you made your list in step four. Now in step six, you're grocery shopping. So grocery shop for all those ingredients you need or for the ingredients you need for the first half of the week, if that's how you've chosen to plan. And then number seven is you are going to create a to-do list of all the things you want to prep during your prep hour. And then what you can do to take this a step further is actually put them in order of how you want to tackle them to kind of make the best use of your time. For example, this week I am doing a peanut butter chicken as dinners for the week. I've got a delicious lemon chicken salad recipe I'm doing for lunches. And I also make these protein oat flour bites that I take to work with me as a snack. Those are more active days. So I just want something to tide me over between 5 a.m. when I have my breakfast and 12 p.m. when I eat lunch. So I've got my list. Oh, and then I'm also roasting a butternut squash alongside the peanut butter chicken. So this is what it looks like. I'm going to put my lemon chicken in the instant pot first for these salads. Then I'm going to marinate the chicken. Then I'm going to roast the squash. And I'm going to cook the bacon that goes in the lemon chicken salad on the fry pan, basically at the same time as left. While the squash is chicken is cooking, I can wash my lettuce. I can get that all ready. I can make my lemon vinaigrette around this time as well. And then finally, I'll finish off by making my oat bites. That way, my chicken's cooking, my salad's marinating, my squash is in the oven, my bacon's cooking, and then I move on to the things that don't really require cooking. So you can really set yourself up to get a lot done in a short span of time if you put things in the right order. Number eight is get meal prepping. And you can use this time to listen to your favorite tunes or maybe catch up on your favorite podcast or an audiobook. You can find ways to make this pleasurable. You can actually get to the point where you're like, man, I understand the why behind this. This makes my week so much easier, so much better. And I get to listen to these awesome tunes or this podcast I love. You can make it a great experience. And then number nine is once you've prepped and cooled off all your food, organize everything into containers so it's ready to go for the week. The other really great thing I love to do is I will make bigger batches of things, especially if it's like a soup or a chili or something that freezes well, and then I'll take the extra portions and I will freeze individual portions of them, 
which gives me backup meals for those times where I don't have anything ready. I don't feel like making a Friday fancy dinner so I can pull out a soup and just heat it up. That is another really great strategy to use. All right, that is the nine step process. Now let's talk about special considerations and how to make this work for you. Because I always want to be cognizant and sensitive to the fact that everybody is different and my situation will look different than yours. And this is really about helping you get value and helping you make this work for you. So let's talk about family first. So if you have a family that's also going to be eating these foods, try to get them involved wherever possible. Maybe create a draft of your meal plan and then run it by them and see, hey, would you like this for dinner or this for dinner? And give them some options. Get their buy-in into the process as well. And this one might be easier said than done in certain families. I know some families have younger children that have picky eaters Or maybe some people have spouses that are like, no, you've got to make me my deep fried this or my potatoes that or whatever. I'm really lucky this way because Chris is an amazing cook and he'll eat most of the dinners I cook for the week. And if he doesn't want them, sometimes he does his own thing and that's fine. And then we also have a 16 year old in the house who will sometimes eat the food and sometimes he'll do his own thing. Again, I don't know if all husbands are going to want to cook their own meals. So that's why it's a great idea to get the family involved and do it in a way where everybody feels like they have a voice and there's some buy-in. And then this process will depend on what your schedule looks like as well. So this meal planning and prepping that I do is done for a work schedule where I am at work from 6 a.m. to 5 p.m., Monday to Thursdays. On Fridays, I either have a beautiful three-day weekend or I choose to work a short overtime shift, and that's usually five hours. This means two things. One, I want my Mondays to Thursdays to be simple and taken care of. I don't mind eating the same thing for four days in a row, and most leftovers will keep that long. Maybe you don't particularly love leftovers and feel like it'd be boring to eat the same thing four days in a row. That is okay. Everybody's different. And also, a question to ask yourself might be, which is more important? Being entertained by every single meal I eat or making easeful, consistent progress towards a greater level of health, energy, and fitness? As far as I'm concerned, I will choose the latter every time and then give myself more room to play on the weekends. And then that leaves us with this next special consideration, which is knowing how much flexibility that you need in your meal plan to still adhere to it. Because if you create something that's really rigid and structured and you know you're not going to follow it, it's not going to help you. So you want to leave room for some flexibility and fun in your meal plan where you need it. For me, that looks like leaving that space on my days off work where I have some more time to cook and prepare something. And that doesn't mean I'm cooking something wild and like deep fried and not aligned with my goals. It just means now I've got some time to sit in the kitchen and actually 
have the delight of pulling a hot meal out of the oven. This is also going to leave flexibility in your meal plan so that it doesn't feel restricting. Because when something is too restricting, we're probably not going to want to keep it up for the long term. This is a way that I've done it that feels like I have the structure I need to eliminate decision fatigue during the really busy, demanding part of the week. And then it also gives me some freedom on my days off where I have the ability to make some decisions and maybe go a little creative in the kitchen. Your work schedule might mean you have more time or less time to do this meal planning or prepping. You might do it on different days than me because your work schedule is different, or you might do it a few times a week because you work part-time and you just want to do it in the morning on a few days. My goal with this episode was to give you a process and a framework that you could adapt and make your own. And then from here, as you finish listening to this, as you start to integrate it and put it into practice, always be asking yourself, how can I simplify and streamline this for me? How can I make this process my own? You might have guessed already, but your sleigh challenge this week is to spend some time meal planning and meal prepping and watch what that does to your week overall. Happy meal planning, happy meal prepping. We will see you again in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of the show. If you want to connect with a community of other amazing women who are conquering their goals, taking massive action, and loving themselves through the process, I invite you to join my Facebook community, Slay and Thrive 365. You'll get weekly challenges, motivation, support, and accountability as you move towards your goals. Hope to see you there very soon.